0: Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch.
1: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
0: FlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ah, yes, welcome along to the shelter podcast coming in from the Backtat Studios. Mark Wedding's back in the chair scofield taking on a director's role sitting in the corner just uh, just like a puppeteer just holding the strings and making it all happen he's got so much on his plate that he's decided to hand pass uh this part of the uh the year to myself and a man who knows all about test cricket about one day cricket about uh, t20 cricket we talked to bradley george Hogg, uh, hoggy great to have your company as we roll through uh, some of the big moments in sport this week
2: Yeah, Scoot, just hopefully uh, Will's not hand-passing across the goal line in that back line, mate, because it could be an easy turnover with you and me uh, up there helping him out.
0: (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Music you would have heard, Hoggy, was uh, at the top of the show. It was from the Southern River Band, local lads out of Thornley. Scoey's been to a couple of their performances. And I can tell you right now, on uh, Friday, December 2, uh, Shelter Brewing Company will be hosting the boys, clear the furniture. We're going to pack our bus for a wild live show. It's going to be an absolute beauty. Uh, DJ Ginga, naked. I'm not sure that means he's going to be naked. Uh, locked in to keep the party going all night. So that could be one to keep... <laughs> Keep blokes like you. In fact, Hoggie wouldn't surprise me if you did the same thing during your cricket days on tour. Uh, tickets available, by the way, on events page of the Shelter Brewing Co. website, uh, shelterbrewing.com.au. Just to... Recap the fact that we're going to run through, it's called FootyCast, the Shelter FootyCast, but essentially it's a sport cast of what's happened in the world of sport. Uh, Monday or some, Monday and Friday, as it turns out at the moment, socials at Shelter FootyCast. You can get involved at footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. YouTube, back chat, Shelter FootyCast, you name it, it's there. And of course, all thanks to Shelter, born and brewed in Bustleton WA. Our hoggy, um, now you look as fresh as a daisy, but we want to just touch on a couple of A brief sporting moments, uh, including Australia at the T20 World Cup, the Wildcats and their troubles having lost five in a row. And I just want to just recap my Melbourne Cup sojourn, which uh, produced a few laughs, but not many winners. Um, But today's a big day for the Australians over there in Adelaide.
2: Uh, It's a huge day. Uh, There's a couple of injury concerns as well. You've uh, brought up Aaron Finch, um, whether he's going to play or not. Uh, I don't think he will play. I know he wants to play. But then you've got Stoinis. He walked off the ground the other day while, uh, while going through his bowling spell. And David, he's got a bit of a hamstring twinge as well. So there's a few concerns on the injury front for Australia. But also, they've got to get their net run rate up because they can't rely on other results to go their way. They're well behind on the net run rate, and that's because of the game they played against New Zealand where they didn't bowl well up front, thinking that it was going to be a little easier than uh, what they thought.
0: Now, Hoggy, you and I never uh, attain great marks in maths, so this is where you and I might struggle. But I'm guessing today, the Aussies, do we need to, say, score 200 and roll Afghanistan for about 80? Is that somewhere in the ballpark of what we need?
2: I think uh, with with the equation it is now with uh, the the results, with England not beating Sri Lanka by much, um, I think they've got to win by about 60 runs. But in saying that, this plays in Afghanistan's favour as well because they've got a quality spin line-up. If their opening bowlers do what they uh, have been doing through the the tournament and keeping it tight in the power play, then Australia are going to struggle through that middle period when they've got to take on the likes of Majiba Rahman and uh, Rashid Khan. So there could be a big upset with Australia having to uh, make up for lost ground earlier on in the tournament.
0: Yeah, we'll touch on the T20 World Cup and what it means and the results, etc., in just a moment. And there has been, by the way, Hoggy, one person, in fact, two people that have had a bigger impact on this tournament than anyone else. Not Virat Kohli, uh, hasn't been Barber from Pakistan, uh, hasn't been a fast bowler from England. You know who it's been? Who's it been? It's been
2: Duckworth-Lewis. They have dominated, haven't they? <laughs> they have dominated. And, oh, look, you, you, you can look at some, some of the results there. But I thought Ireland were in front of England at that stage. So they they deserve that result. Um, but Duckworth-Lewis, you don't want to see it happening. But we're trying to get a TT, uh, T20 tournament out of the way early on in an Australian summer. So you are going to be affected by rain at some stage uh, so early in the Australian summer. You can't do much okay. about it.
0: That's true. It's out of the control of many and unfortunately it's affected a lot of matches. I'll tell you what's been uh, not taken too well over here in the West and you know it is uh, the Perth Wildcats. They have slumped to five losses in a row for the first time since 2005. They were beaten by the Tasmania Jack Jumpers last night. And there was a, a big back page splash about Craig Hutchison and his ownership and what that's meaning to the club and, and, and the fans are not happy uh, the Nators are restless, Hoggy. Uh, this team doesn't uh, ordinarily uh, fail. and At the moment, they are on a slide after winning. I think their first three, they are in a bit of a hole.
2: Yeah, look, you go back through the time when Damien Martin was captain. Uh, Damien did a fantastic job, but they had great leadership with the coach and uh, also off-field management and ownership. And they've had that consistent ownership for a very long period of time. But when you have change of personnel and the coaching staff, playing staff, as well as ownership, uh, you you have a change of culture as well. If you don't... Uh, c- continue or what's the word for it? You're better at English than me. I'm probably better than, at maths than you. But when you, when you have that, um, that continuation, Of culture. Um, So you're bringing the young players through. uh, You're bringing the next coaching staff through. So you've got a a plan that continues that culture that's been built over a long period of time. The Perth Wildcats were probably the best team going around in WA sport and uh, were the pinnacle. I'm pretty sure that the Eagles, the Dockers, uh, we as uh, the the WACA uh, organisation looked at the Perth Wildcats and said, right, that's the template that we've got to go about building our culture. Um, let's go out and do it and achieve it. And I think they've lost their template.
0: Yeah, and uh, put it this way, if there's some staff not quite happy, they've moved staff on. Uh, they always say the front office or administration, if that's settled, if everyone's happy, somehow it translates into success on the park or on the pitch or on the court. So uh, don't discount the fact there's still some tinkering to be done, On that front, and by the way, last night they're they're rebounding. They're getting smashed, forty-eight to thirty-two last night. They've got one player contributing. That's uh, Bryce Cotton. He scored twenty-six five times. He scored twenty-plus this season, but they don't have any other contributors. Their defense is poor. Blanchfield not scoring. Jesse Waxgaff scored thirteen, but Luke Travis. They've got so many holes in their team at the moment that uh, John really is going to have to uh, find something. Pretty quickly to restore this season because it's getting out of control. Uh, The last big moment of the round, Hoggy, it's worth touching on here. We're going back to the cricket, but Virat Kohli with the vision of his gear. You're laughing in his hotel room. Um, What does that say about um, security? And and did you have any uh, breaches of that type when you were on tour?
2: When I was on tour, uh, I got got, uh, laughed out because when you've got your little uh, safe in your hotel room, normally you put your money in there, Uh, I always put my toothbrush in the safe uh, because I caught someone playing with my toothbrush uh, one particular day when I walked into the room. Um, So that's one little thing that uh, I have, one little superstition. Yeah. Uh, The other thing is we were on tour once, and this is the times back when we were actually rooming with each other, and I was rooming with Jason Gillespie and uh, walked in, and uh, uh, one of the hotel staffers had his gear on. uh, Or, you know, uh, that's pads, bats, box fire uh, pad and uh, Jason had to go down to the sports shop and get a new box because <laughs> he just pulled it out. Um, no coverage what, whatsoever. Plastic on uh, plastic on meat and Jason didn't like that. <laughs> He's a bit worried about diseases being uh, transferred.
0: <laughs> plastic on meat. That's a very nice way of uh, just summing it up. Uh, yeah, so Virat Kohli, of course, I think the, the the company that's involved with consultants, they got the, the lemon over all this. So there was a price to pay for what was a breach of hotel security. So uh, didn't have the same such security breaches in my hotel when I was at the <laughs> Melbourne Cup hockey. All I had was a breach of, uh, of someone who'd uh, spent too much time at Flemington and not enough winners. So just to wrap it up, I went to Derby Day. That was a fun day. Went with Rick Hard, former Dockers chairman, and, and some friends, and I had a couple of results. But Tuesday, 10 races. At Flemington, the first was at 10.45 Melbourne time. Uh, the last was about 5.25. you think we could have picked one winner in those 10 races, uh, not to be, including the Melbourne Cup. Uh, gold trip, 57.5 kilos, not since Maccabi Diva has been a horse lump that much weight. And it's won only once before in its whole career. So uh, tell you what, it was a hard time finding winners, Hockey, but as you can appreciate, I'm not sure if you've been to the Spring Carnival, it's a lot of fun.
2: Oh, it, it is a lot of fun but uh yeah i don't gamble that much and the the reason being is i can't pick a winner either so i went for stockman in the, in this year's melbourne cup being a country boy being a farmer i thought right that's that's the one that's going to get me over the line and uh yeah no bikkies for hoggy yeah, I can tell you now. Yeah. Quickly going back to the Virat Kohli thing, but um, I I think it's just disgraceful that you actually go through someone's room like that and and you put it on socials. Someone uh, of that calibre, yes, you've got the honour of being in the hotel, of uh, working around these particular players and not too many people get uh, get face-to-face with Virat Kohli, let alone get into his room. But uh, just everything, uh, everything that he had in order, or um, all the uh, brands that he have there, had there with his coffee, how he had his uh, bathroom set up, everything was neat and tidy. Um, I, I just think it's a it's a disgrace that people see how he lives behind the scenes, uh, because there's other players in there that uh, are a little bit messier. I've toured with a lot of players that you don't want a room with because basically their clothes are all over the place. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I won't go into naming names, but there's other players that just leave their uh, shaving, uh, shaving, uh, what do you call it? Their little uh, sparks stubble. off on, on the, uh, stubble on the, uh, on the kitchen bench or on the bathroom bench. And you walk in there and you've got to clean it up yourself. So um, th- that's why we've got our own room. So I just think it's it's terrible that you go in there and, and uh, try and source out how people live behind the scenes because that's their little bit of privacy. And the other thing is too, being, a, being on the opposition team, now that you look at how he lives, you can just look at little things and just go, right, oh, mate, uh, yeah, your pants are just slightly off... off um, off uh, off to that neatness that you want and you can really pick on it. Um, so there, there's players there that got all superstitions and you can pick those superstitions up with moments like this. It's disgraceful. It is disgraceful. And you mentioned uh, about bad roommates. So I can say this
0: in all honesty. I remember going away with the WA team. Uh, there was a one-day game in Sydney. We all sat in a, someone's room and having a drink afterwards. And the general consensus, Tom Moody, the captain back then, was that one George Bradley Hogg was the worst person to room with, so yep. don 't start throwing sticks and stones, my friend, when you know that you were you were had the reputation <laughs> as a very tough person to room with, not because of maybe your uh, uncleanliness or hygiene, but you're a pain in the ass uh, just to, to, because of your inability to sit still for more than five minutes. Anyway, there's no part yeah, of well, that. To that.
2: That's, that's exactly right. Well, um, my first tour to Australia was in 96 over to India and Sri Lanka, and uh, they had to rotate the, uh, my, my roommates simply because I got up at about 5.30 in the morning uh, with, the, with the sound of the chooks being a farmer, and I, I couldn't get back to sleep. So I'm always looking for a bit of conversation. I couldn't keep quiet. Uh, I had to keep busy. And, yeah, so people can uh, – all the cricketers out there, you, you can thank me for having your own rooms now. If it wasn't for me, we'd still be uh, we'll be be still be partnering up and we wouldn't be able to have our families over uh, on tour as well. So thanks, Hoggy.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks, Hoggy, and uh, to all those uh, former roommates – who were with him? Uh, they paid the price, so that uh, others after them could get a better lifestyle. Oh, the right, they are our big moments of the round. This is the Shelter Footy Cast, Flash Sports Cast, coming to you live from the Backchat Studios. <laughs> right, Hoggy, let's jump straight back right. into the T Twenty World Cup and a bit of a wrap on some of the matches that have taken place. And we go back to Monday, Uh, Australia of course defeating Ireland by 42 runs, Uh, it was all about the net run rate wasn't it and Aaron Finch's form which was under scrutiny, I wasn't all surprised that he he scored big against uh, the Irish who were quite competitive with the bat late in the piece but what did you make of that performance by Australia, still not the complete uh, I guess 40 over effort in many ways.
2: Yeah, it's still not the complete forty over effort. I'm still um, disappointed with the way that they're in the field, the, the energy that they've got in the field. I don't think it's up to scratch. It's a, it's not an Australian uh, way about going about it. So I think that there's still plenty of room to lift. Um, I think the bowlers are still underdone. I don't think they're uh, out a hundred percent going into this particular tournament. That's in preparation, and there's still some holes in the batting as well, uh, which I think can be exposed moving further into this tournament if they get into the finals so there's a lot of work to do um it's good to see Aaron Finch in a little bit of form but uh I, I just hope he finishes off with a big bang uh with his career I don't think he's going to continue after this T20 tournament um after retiring from the one day international so I just want to see him finish on uh, a nice high
0: yeah I don't think you'll play again for Australia I don't think you'll play today I think Australia will miss out on the semi-finals so I think he's done and dusted Hoggy unfortunately and, and look he's had he's had a really good career um 63 from 44, you mentioned against Ireland. Um, he's obviously a popular captain because his form, He, my, my question was after he retired from one day internationals because of form, he still played in the T20, which I mean, I couldn't quite work out how his numbers or his form was going to get much better playing in even shorter form. But um, I think all we'll credit where credit's due, as you say, he's been a popular leader. And, and this time last year or thereabouts, they got the ultimate success in T20 cricket.
2: Yeah, um, oh, exactly right. And you, you go back to the UAE, you, I thought they were going to get wiped off because they, they hadn't been playing together. They had been chopping and changing their team. People wanted to have rests. And um, so they didn't have that con, uh, consistent group uh, t- going into that tournament, but they they proved everyone wrong. And they might be able to turn it around now, but they need to get, have results going their way. Um, look, if, if Aaron Finch... Uh, if if the World Cup was next year, I don't think Aaron Finch would have played in that. I think he would have been dropped with form um, le- leading into uh, this Australian summer. Uh, for, for me, I, I think, the Australian players at the present moment have uh, caused the issues themselves because they've, they've got a lot of issues off-field as well that uh, they've brought on themselves, t- t- telling uh, Cricket Australia who can sponsor them and who can't, uh, deciding when and what uh, coach they want. So uh, there's a lot of expectation now, and uh, they've got to stand up and deliver. If they don't deliver, there's going to be a lot of uh, pushback from the Australian public moving forward.
0: Yeah, see, I, I beg to differ, Hoggy, with, and I agree with a lot of what you said, but I was thinking as I was driving here this morning, going, how much do Australians really care about the T20 World Cup? I mean, I was with a mate in Melbourne. He said after the 2018 AFL Grand Final, a mad Collingwood supporter, he sat in the stands and cried for a good hour after, sat there and was absolutely distraught. If Australia's knocked out of the T20 World Cup before the semis, I don't think people go, oh, that's a shame, disappointing. It's, it's a bit like any T20 competition. You don't live and breathe it. I think you, you enjoy it, you love it, but it's not tribal.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, but that, that comes down to just too much cricket being played around the globe at the moment and too much cricket being played here in Australia. You sort of just finished the footy season, um, you want to slowly move into the cricket season and cricket season generally starts uh, just in December, just before Christmas where we have the test matches there, then we move into the Big Bash and w- when we get to the Big Bash and uh, the, the test matches around that time, I just think we've over... Uh, over. Uh, um, We've, we've put too much on the cricket calendar at the moment with uh, too many Big Bash games and too many test matches uh, and international games as well that we're trying to fit in. So we've really got to look at that moving forward. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, we're trying to fit T20 tournaments in around the globe, international cricket, ICC events as well. And it's very difficult because this cl- uh, calendar is getting more cluttered by the day and uh, the cricket administrators just got to sit back and go, right, what's best for cricket? in 10 years' time. Where's cricket going to be in 10 years' time? If that means getting rid of one-day cricket, well, let's make the call right now and put all our eggs in uh, the T20 basket and the Test Match basket and concentrate on that and give the best product possible for the viewer out there and the fan.
0: Yeah, fair enough, exactly. Just going back, uh, recapping that game against Ireland, Barry McCarthy, three for 29, and also, not sure if you saw that, the six that uh, he almost stopped off uh, Marcus Stornis mid-air, Great catch, and then, of course, uh, damaged his uh, ribs or his... I might have taken some air out of his sails at one point, but uh, he was terrific for them, and Maxwell took two for 14. So the Aussies, the net run rate was improved. It wasn't as big a win as they would have liked, but they keep themselves in the conversation. Uh, next up, Sri Lanka defeat Afghanistan by six wickets. Um, Sri Lanka have got England uh, next up, and it's a, it's a big game, obviously, for England. Can this Sri Lankan side... Uh, do a lot of damage The silver uh, bats at three, dominates, Hit 66 from 42 against Afghanistan. Uh, they've got some, some good bowlers, but have they got the nous to knock over England in a, in a match which means so much?
2: Well, this game's in Sydney. Um, so if, if the game's in Sydney, the wicket's been uh, slowing up a little bit. So that brings the Sri Lankan spinners back into play, but also brings their pace bowlers into play where they like to uh, take pace off as well. But also with their batting uh, against sheer pace, it's not going to be as, as quick coming onto the, uh, onto the bat. So they'll have more time to be able to adjust. So the game evens up a lot more right now. So Sri Lanka come back into the contest, but I still think England will be too good for uh, Sri Lanka in this particular contest. I just don't think um, Sri Lanka uh, have the depth at this present moment. I just think England have got uh, better depth in their batting and uh, also in their bowling as well. And I think Mark Wood's going to play a, a huge difference. I think he's going to rattle that middle order of Sri Lanka.
0: Yeah, he's uh, quick, isn't he? When he gets it right, he's pretty tough. Speaking of England, they beat New Zealand by 20 runs during the week, inflicting the Kiwis' first loss of the tournament. And you go back to what makes England great in in short-form cricket, hoggy, you'd have to say, top of the order, Joss Butler, Alex Hales, uh, and... They just seem to be able to set up England for a a total more often than not.
2: Yeah, definitely. But when you're playing against New Zealand as well, uh, you want to make sure that they bowl first uh, because they like to defend totals. So the, the toss is a huge uh, importance against New Zealand. So uh, for me, uh, that, that game, New Zealand fought their way back. They're batting deep. Uh, I'm, I'm still not solely convinced on England. At the start of the tournament, I had them as pure favourites. So I thought they were playing dominant cricket. Um, but the other night, it was just uh, the toss was in their favour, uh, and I just felt batting first against that New Zealand attack just gave them a little bit more comfort. So, uh, for me, I'm, I'm still a little bit concerned about England, um, and I, I still think New Zealand, if, uh, if things go their way, and in the next game, their, t- their top three get a little bit of a touch under their belt. I think they're going to uh, take this tournament out. So for me, even though New Zealand lost the other night, I still think they're going to be the favourites into the final series, the way that they've played this tournament.
0: Yeah, that uh, match against New Zealand, Josh Butler, 73 from 47, Hales, 52 from 40. So uh, they were terrific. Williamson with 40, Phillips 62, the best for New Zealand. Uh, So that uh, match uh, really means that now it's tough for Australia to get into the semis. It was a a chance if New Zealand had, had beaten uh, the English and Australia would have been a better placed, but nonetheless, that's where it stands. And the Netherlands defeated Zimbabwe by five wickets. We'll touch on that briefly. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, two two nations uh, that uh, haven't really—I mean, they've had their moments during the tournament. Hoggie, you've been able to catch either of those two two countries. Uh, Van Mirikins three for one of the highlights. Um, Raza was uh, good for Zimbabwe. Uh, 40 runs, not quite enough, and Netherlands get home by five wickets.
2: Yeah, look, I've been very impressed with both Netherlands and and Zimbabwe. I thought uh, they've outshone any other bowling attack here in Perth. They showed everyone how to do it. You just bowl that test match length and you can uh, pressure the top team. So I've been very impressed with them. They've got a good foundation. Uh, The the Netherlands, the way that they batted here in Perth too against a fast, bouncy, uh, fast a pace attack of Pakistan I thought they held their own even though they only got 92 but they what it, what it told me is that they've got good tech, techniques, they've got a good foundation now it's just having a little bit more exposure to uh, extra pace, extra bounce and having more options with their scoring shots um, they didn't throw their wickets away they were uh, prepared to be there for the fight so for me, I think there's a big future for these two teams moving forward um, Zimbabwe Uh, in saying that, you've still got politics over in Zimbabwe cricket, Mm -hmm. which needs to be sorted out very quickly. We touched on that with the Wildcats. If you don't have your administration off-field working well and you've got uh, too many rules and regulations and too many people trying to have their say and not having a focus of where you want the game moving forward, you're always going to be in trouble. So for me, Zimbabwe got to sort their off-field issues out moving forward and then the uh, on-field will improve uh, substantially, because they 're still a playing nation that uh, can cause a bit of damage in t20 world Cups moving forward
0: beautifully summed up Hoggy and uh, by the way, that was uh, netherland 's first super twelve win, so that was uh, a great result for them England uh, we 've mentioned India defeated Bangladesh by five runs under our old Duckworth Lewis system, and uh, a bit of a scare there for the Indians because of course. Uh, uh, Bangladesh were in a pretty good space. Uh, rain came a, a run out, which was unfortunate, spectacular fashion. Litton Das um, was outstanding. But what did you make of that match? Uh, because India were on the back foot for a large portion of it.
2: Yeah, I thought Bangladesh should have won that game easily. I just felt after the rain delay when they came out and uh, it was a shortened game, they were just trying to find the boundary way too much. They had the equation, I think it was about 52 off 36 deliveries. So they only really needed to have three or four boundaries and just work the ones and twos. And they could have got that, uh, got the game over and done with um, a little bit easily. But that's, that's the thing with Bangladesh. They're not a power uh, team. They're not a team that can find boundaries as regularly as other teams. And when you're trying to overhit and you're trying to make something that's uh, not there, you're going to have a lot more dot balls build up on you. And uh, that's probably where Bangladesh lost it, just trying to find the boundary too much rather than going to their strength pushing the ones in the square boundaries. And when you hit down the ground to the longer boundaries, just try and take a little bit of pace off it and try and find the odd two on that longer boundary. So they didn't really have a good game plan against India uh, and they just got caught up on the emotional side of things at the back end.
0: And last night I caught a bit of the Pakistan win over South Africa by 33 runs again. Rain came in Sydney. Uh, Pakistan keep their semi-final hopes alive. Shadab Khan was outstanding, 52 off 22, 2 for 16 with the ball. He was uh, the pick of the bunch. Uh, and is it Noji picked up a nice 4 for 41 uh, for South Africa. He bowled some really good death Yorkers and change of pace. Um, but unfortunately, South Africa were cruel by the, the adjusted total that they were given late in the game.
2: Yeah, that's Norky. Uh, Norky. He's probably the quickest bowler going around in world cricket at the moment and most consistent. So um, he's, he's probably the most vital uh, bowler that South Africa have got in there. Uh, look, I was, I was impressed with the way that Pakistan went about it. The good thing about Pakistan is uh, when Rizwan and Barbara Azam aren't performing at the top of the order, they've scored 50% of their runs over the last year or two um they generally struggle so uh, they haven't performed but the likes of if- Iftika, uh, if really have stood up in this uh tournament um and uh, who's the other guy that came in for uh Fakhar Zaman last night um oh. it just uh, he's he's
0: be, just worried well there Harris. Uh, Harris Harris
2: came in yes and right, well. uh, yeah, Harris uh, came in and uh, d- delivered with the bat at number three. Um, so for me, it just shows that Pakistan have got a lot of depth. It's just about confidence for them. And uh, there's still a chance of getting into this uh, World Cup semi finals because South Africa. If the Netherlands can get 130 against South Africa uh, and Norky might have a little bit of an injury too because he was holding that rib after, the, um, after a couple of deliveries last night. So they might rest him for the next game. If they rest him for the next game, that uh, frees up the Netherlands just to have a bit less pace coming out them with the bat. And they might be able to get 130, 140. And the way they bowl, um, they might be able to pressure this South African batting lineup into a position where they get a little bit nervous, they start to play a few shots that aren't there, and all of a sudden they pick up a few cheap wickets in South Africa on the back foot. There could be an upset here where either Pakistan or Bangladesh could come through into the semifinals through the back door.
0: Okay, Hoggy, given you've just said that, the top two teams, by the way, from each group go into the semis. Group one, New Zealand, England, Australia. Uh, will it be Australia missing out after this weekend semi-finals wise Get the crystal ball out.
2: Yeah, look, I can't see Ireland beating New Zealand. I think New Zealand are just playing too good a cricket. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little upset between Afghanistan and Australia. I'm not saying that because uh, Afghanistan are going to be the better team. But just the circumstances of, uh, of uh, the scenarios – If New Zealand win that first game, then Australia have to really make a huge impact against uh, Afghanistan and they really have to work on their net run rate. With that, if they've got to win by 60 runs or so, Sri Lanka put 130, 140 on the board or even 150. 150 will be a winning total and they've got to go after Majib and Rashid Khan in those middle overs and go hard. Uh, That goes in Afghanistan's favour. So those little scenarios... Just tip the weight to Afghanistan uh, beating against uh, beating Australia in uh, that scenario, but that will only happen if New Zealand beat Ireland. If New, if Ireland beat New Zealand, then Australia can play a little bit more conservatively and just get the win, uh, get over the line.
0: Yeah, I think a lot has to go right for the Aussies. Uh, India, South Africa, and Pakistan, the top three in that next group, and you'd suspect that. Well, India through South Africa only lost the one game. It's been Pakistan so close, but they've missed a couple of matches by by small margins and that might hurt them.
2: Yeah, the the game against Zimbabwe here in Perth is going to really hurt them out, um, out this final stage. They should have won that game. They're a little bit laxadaisy. The first four overs of that particular fixture where Shahana, Freedy and uh, Nazim just bowled way too full, allowed Zimbabwe to get away to a good start and uh, get a reasonable score on the ball, which they defended. So they'll be very upset with that. But there's still a chance of getting through. So uh, South Africa, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to lose to the Netherlands. Um but if they do, Bangladesh is still a chance to get through to the finals as well. Um, if if South Africa lose, because uh, both both teams can get two points and move ahead of South Africa, um, but then you've got India, Zimbabwe uh, in that final game. Zimbabwe chance of beating India to a certain a certain extent, but. Um, the percentages aren't in Zimbabwe's favour. They, they, if they bat first, they've got a, uh, they've have put a total of 140 on the board. They've they've got a chance of defending it. But India prefer to chase anyway. So that uh, I I can't see Zimbabwe either way, whether they bat first or bowl first, putting pressure on India uh, in in that final game. I think India are going to go through. It's just a matter of whether South Africa get beaten by the Netherlands to allow. Bangladesh or Pakistan, to get through. And just before that, Skeets, I forgot about the um, England game. England versus South Africa. uh, I mean, Sri Lanka game. That's a big one. Um, I think England will win, but uh, there's a huge chance that uh, Sri Lanka could knock them off over there in Sydney with the the way that we're playing at the moment.
0: Yeah, you're right. With the spin, if it does a bit, that might help them. Uh, Just recapping the matches coming up over the next few days, Ireland v New Zealand midday. Adelaide Oval. So, well, my day's just about done. I'll just go and watch that and uh, and kick (laughs) on for the rest of the afternoon. Australia, Afghanistan from 4 o'clock also at the Adelaide Oval. Hopefully the weather's fine. I'm not sure, uh, Dan, if there's any forecast there, but uh, hopefully some blue skies. As you mentioned, Sri Lanka, England, 4 o'clock Saturday, SCG, South Africa, that's tomorrow. South Africa versus the Netherlands, 8 a.m. Sunday at the Adelaide Oval. Pakistan take on Bangladesh at midday Also in Adelaide, uh, Zimbabwe and India rounded out Sunday at the MCG at 4 o'clock. And uh, we think India uh, cruising at the moment. Uh, That is our World Cup T20 update. Brad Hogg, Mark Reddings. This is the Shelter Footy Car Slash Sport Moving on quickly, Hoggy. Let's just touch on cricket again. I, I, I was only watching this online, but what a performance by Western Australia in the Sheffield Shield. Three-wicket win, Aaron Hardy. uh, What a performance from him. Hilton Cartwright deserves great credit, 69. They were chasing, what, 190-odd in the second dig, but they were six for 80, or they were in a world of pain. Uh, But Aaron Hardy, he did it in the Sheffield Shield final. He's done it again, this time in a a match at the Wacker, also involving um, another quality side.
2: Yeah, well, it just shows that uh, West Australia producing quality cricketers and uh, cricketers that are playing well under pressure. You mentioned Hilton Cratt right there who uh, played a couple of test matches a couple of years ago. Uh, he's starting to find form again and uh, uh, work at his best. But the thing that I'm really pleased with with uh, WA Cricket at the moment, both with the men and women, they, they keep fighting. They never let down. Um, they got bowled out cheaply They were well, uh, in the first innings. They were well behind the game. Then Queensland came out and they got a good opening partnership uh, or a good start with their opening partner, uh, partnership uh, in that second innings, but they just kept fighting, fighting, and eventually bowled uh, Queensland out for less than 100, kept themselves in the game, then came out and kept that fight right to the end. Full credit to Adam Voges, full credit to the players, full credit to um to, for the for the wacker, that just the way that they're developing the next generation of cricketers and creating a fantastic culture down there.
0: Absolutely a great result. We're now top of the table in the Sheffield Shield defending champions, and we know that the Marsh One Day Cup and the Big Bash still to come hoggy. Always a pleasure sitting, talking some sport and some cricket specifically with you with the T20 World Cup. Uh, I'm glad that, um, that Beret's kept that brain in nice warm order. You've always got some <laughs> interesting thoughts on the great game. Um, thanks for being part of it. We'll, we'll chat next time and uh, hopefully Australia's uh, got something to talk about about semi-final action.
2: Yep, no. Hopefully, hopefully Australia are in the semi-finals, and I'll tell you what, Scott. You go to the, uh, you go and find your calculator, and I'll go and find my thesaurus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, uh, Brad Hogg joining myself, Mark Reddings, uh, our Shelter Footy Cast slash Sports Cast from the Back Chat Studios, of course. Uh, don't forget on Friday, December 2, Shelter Brewing Company, we've got the Southern River Band, uh, big performance DJ Ginger, who is going to be naked doing his best work. Maybe Dan, after a couple of uh, short, sharp ones, might join them as well. Uh, thanks for your company. We'll see you next time on the Shelter.
1: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.